Pauline by Michael Caron. Episode 7, Death on the Appalachian Trail. Challenge Discovery sent someone to review our progress with the program. The guy had a shaved head revealing three deep indentations equally spaced around his crown. When he saw me notice them, he said, weird, right? But not as weird as how I got them. I was hiking in the Flatirons outside of Boulder, Colorado on a beautiful moonlit night. All of a sudden I heard a swoosh and felt myself being lifted up off the ground. An enormous owl must have mistaken my shiny head for a rabbit. It swooped down and locked onto me and tried to pull me off the ground. Before he left, he showed us a little wooden rifle stock that contained a pop-out pistol. He could add a stored barrel to it, and it became a pretty good rifle. He said, I always camp with this because the only animal I fear in the wilderness is man. With this, he tapped my latent dread. Upon returning from my stint in Peace Corps, I got a call from another member of our wilderness group. He told me that one of our close friends and co-instructors, Susu Ramsey, was dead. Here's Wikipedia's description of the tragic events. Randall Lee Smith, 1959-2008, was a convicted murderer from Perrysburg, Virginia. He pleaded guilty to two counts of second-degree murder in the deaths of Robert Mountford Jr. and Laura Susan Ramsey, who were killed while hiking the Appalachian Trail in 1981. He was sentenced to 30 years in prison, but was released in 1996 on mandatory parole after serving only 15 years. On May 6, 2008, Smith attempted to kill two fishermen less than two miles from the site of the 1981 murders. He befriended the two fishermen who shared dinner with Smith before opening fire on them without warning. Both men were shot twice but survived. Smith was arrested that day after attempting to escape in one of the victim's trucks and subsequently crashing. He died in jail four days later as a result of injuries sustained in the crash. Twinkie that I am, with my worst fears realized in too personal a way, I stopped wilderness camping. Without being too intentional about it, my love of the outdoors and I simply parted ways. Episode 8. Paperback Writer Earlier I said I wanted to be a writer. I want to pick back up on that. The idea of becoming a writer had grown on me since way back in fifth grade. I thought I'd like it because, first off, it didn't sound like real hard work. That appealed to my basic laziness. Until I got to college, I never saw a grade better than a C. I hit the mean, mode, and median in every standardized test I ever took. Well, except this one time I was off the charts. That was in 1976, my final year in college. I took the graduate record exam. 76 was the year they decided to go from two parts, math and English, to three, adding critical thinking as well. They told us that taking the new part was mandatory, but that it would not be included in our score. They were still shaking that section out. A couple of months after I took the exam, I got a call from the Educational Testing Service. They told me that I'd scored an off-the-charts 99% on the critical thinking. They wanted to run a battery of tests on me to find out how my brain works. I was more than happy to oblige until they pointed out that 99% actually meant that I'd only gotten 1% of the questions right. Then I modified my response to say I'd still be happy to answer your questions, but you have to pay me for my time. That, I thought, is how my brain works. Second, I had a pronounced and growing fondness for alcohol and drugs. I drank so much that my sister often reminded me of what I've said when she claimed I was drinking too much. Mimicking me, she'd slur, don't bear fault. Oh, isn't it? From everything I'd read, writers were expected to indulge in substance abuse. 
Finally, I'd recently learned that I had what is generously termed a fucked-up personality. This took me by surprise, and more time than it should have to figure out. I'd gotten plenty of hints. The one that finally brought it home was when my mother suggested that I might like the novel The Rosie Project. The book is written from the perspective of a person with Asperger's syndrome. That's a mild form of autism which manifests itself as a distinct lack of empathy. I'm not sure what empathy is, not that I really care. Halfway through the book, I mentioned to my wife that the protagonist had Asperger's. I added jokingly, you know, I might have a touch of that. To which she replied, deadpan, you think? Worse, when I mentioned this exchange to several friends, they all immediately laughed. The only one who didn't laugh was my brother. He said, you don't have Asperger's syndrome, you have asshole syndrome. So my motivation and skill set may not have been a perfect writing fit. Now, in my 60s, my goal of being a writer has long been in the rearview mirror. I am firmly in the second group. Those that set goals that they would not achieve. But I also know that I'm not alone. Living lives of unrealized goals may characterize a third of us. This book strives to document the challenges I face in adjusting my sights and setting secondary goals. Thank you.